Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat with Northwest Career Services, where we talk with Northwest staff and faculty members about how they uh, became Bearcats and how they got here to Northwest Missouri State University. I am Career Services Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, the Assistant Director of Career Services. And today we are joined by Egon Heidendahl, who is the Vice President, the Assistant Vice President of Institutional Research and Effectiveness. That's correct. All right, I got the title right. That's Thank always that's me. a start with. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for being here, Egon. All right. So I like to start these interviews off with my very favoriteest question, which is Egon, what was your first job? So my very first job very was, first job. Was at the age of fourteen back home in the Netherlands and I was picking strawberries. By hand. By hand. And you got paid by the number of boxes that you filled. So how do you actually, so how do you do that? I've never picked strawberries like uh, So they're very low to the ground. Picker. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty horrible job to do because you're on your knees all day long in the hot sun. And then you're just picking them and putting them into the box. And at the end, they count the boxes and you get paid per box. So did you have any special techniques for like, like strawberry secrets? No, you just kind of ground away. I, I did it for one season. Gotcha. I could not last longer than that. <laughs> what? So what is the strawberry growing season there? Um, it's in a, a close to the end of summer is when they start picking gotcha. um, July probably and then a little bit into August. Oh, all right. So you're from the Netherlands. Yes. Um, so, okay. All right. So we you pick strawberries and then you fired yourself from that job and said no more picking strawberries. So where did you go after that? I uh, uh, took up a job at the grocery store. Um, and mostly just... And then uh, you sold strawberries, right? Yeah, in, in a way, yes. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I was not in the produce uh, section. Uh, but I uh, helped stock. And uh-huh. I did that on Tuesday and Thursday evenings, probably for close to five years. Oh, wow. Yep. All right. So through high school then? Is that through, high school, through high school and a little bit into college. Gotcha. And so then you went to college in the Netherlands as well? Yes, I did. I started my undergraduate in computer science. Did that for one year. Realized that was not really it for me. So I switched over and uh, did a program called Communication Multimedia Design. Hmm. And uh, it's a four-year program, so I started over after the first year. Uh, So (laughs) I was already on the five-year track by then. Um, And then uh, in my uh, junior year, decided to study abroad, and that's how I ended up here in Marion. Hmm. Okay, so let's go back to college. So when you you picked out your program, so you started in computer science and then moved to digital media? Yeah. yeah, And communication? Yeah. So did you always have an interest in computers, or...? That, those are all kind of like digital electronic things. Yeah, I'd, I'd always had an interest in it. Uh, it's when I was doing computer science, I realized that, that uh, the lack of interaction with people that I was having and the jobs that I saw in that industry wasn't for me. I was craving more interaction with people. Hmm. And the digital media kind of allowed that. I gotcha. All right. So you studied abroad. Was it like an exchange program? How did you pick Northwest? How did you find that option? That's a question people always ask. So yes, um, it was an exchange program and Northwest was one of the schools listed. It was not my first choice. Um, So as quite often is the case with these uh, situations, you pick your schools, you go to the websites and all that. And I ended up picking, I believe, Tennessee Tech as my top choice. Um, However, they had had an influx of international students, so they weren't accepting anymore at the time. So you missed the cutoff point, like you were kind of... Yep. All right. I and gotcha. so uh, my advisor at the time knew about Northwest and the digital media program here, at that time still called Interactive Digital Media, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, recommended that I apply to it. And that's what me and my friend did, and that's how we ended up. Gotcha. So your friend came here as well. Yes, so there was two of us. I gotcha. Yep, yep. And we were roommates, which was not very smart. Think about <laughs> coming with a suitcase, 
and your friend coming with a suitcase, if you look at a modern dorm room, there's TV, refrigerator, uh-huh. those things are not provided by the university. Right? <laughs> so we had a pretty empty dorm room. Gotcha. So where did you live on campus when you were a student? South Complex. All right. Shout out to the South Complex people. And that has to be a culture shock too, going from the Netherlands to Maryville, Missouri. Like I imagine those places are not similar in very many ways. Um, so the interesting fact, and people always ask me that, like, what was that first experience like? And I always uh, point out that people are people. True. And so uh, I, I quickly when I started socializing with other folks, I realized that it's not that different. Yes, everything looked different. Um, even from you know, what the power outlet looks like um, uh, to uh, what you buy at the grocery store. But then when you interact with people, it's just the same everywhere. Interesting. So what when you first got to Northwest, uh, what was the most, I don't know, surprising thing about the Midwest, Missouri, being in a different country in general? The most surprising thing was no public transportation. I should have looked into uh, gotcha. that beforehand. <laughs> and we did not have Safe Ride yet that first year. Yeah, yeah. that is a truly... I think that's a a, a, tra- a Midwestern trait that, that a lot of people take. We yep. take it for advantage, you know. We're used to living 40 miles outside of town and driving everywhere. Yep. But and it, it did force us to make friends uh, quickly with some uh, American college roommates, you know, <laughs> uh, with some American college students because they had a car. So when you came here, you did interactive digital media. Yes. So probably a pretty similar thing. So what was, with that major, there's a whole bunch of career opportunities. So what was the career goal at that point? So I, I was always interested in advertising. Okay. And so um, I, I uh, toured around a lot of advertising agencies in Kansas City, and that really got my interest. And so that's what kind of what I was focusing on. Did you meet? Did you do anything with the student organizations in advertising or um, any of the like more? I uh, I did uh, I did some work for Bearcat Productions with Fred Lamer at the time. Can I go back a little bit to that exchange program? So what was your goal of traveling to a different country and doing that sort of study abroad? Quickly, I realized that there's a benefit to knowing and being fluent in multiple languages whenever you're inter- interacting online. And so the, that was kind of the goal, to, to brush up on my English, and mm. that worked. But Did you learn English in school? Did you uh, study it in school? Or? Yes, yeah, yeah. I started learning English around the age of eight, so pretty early on. <laughs> but I wanted to be fluid in it, and, you know, that's... That's not going to happen unless you actually are at the location, immersed interact, in it. immersed in it. Yep, that's when that really happens. So, did you did you feel like was it an easy transition for you, like speaking English and then coming here and then you're you're right into the middle of the Midwest? It, it was, it was, and my friend and I quickly realized too that it, it's kind of rude to be speaking in our own language in front of other people. So mm-hmm. we kind of made a rule and a pact together that whenever somebody else was around, we would switch over to English. And that really helped us. That that really helped us with picking up the language. I do remember, though, getting my very first paperback. And uh, what I had learned in school was British English. Oh. And so I had a lot of U's in, like, <laughs> yeah. in color. Color, and, and, yeah. Yep. And so that got <laughs> and marked And you spelled off. gray wrong. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think that's something that written and, and spoken communication are very, very different, two yes. very different forms of communication. Uh, any tips or tricks on any students that might be struggling to communicate in a different language, maybe in written versus a verbal format? So the hardest part, at least verbal-wise, is like the small talk. Mm -hmm. Just like walking by somebody in the hallway and saying, you know, hey, what's up, or how you doing, or how to end the conversation. Those small little pieces is what's the hardest. Hmm. And so that's that's what I would recommend they focus on. Were you a better writer than speaker, or vice versa? Probably, uh, at the time, uh, a better writer. Yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. 
Okay, so let's go back to our progression. So you're interactive digital media. Mm -hmm. So you graduated with that degree. Did you graduate here? No, I graduated back home in the Netherlands. I I actually, I studied abroad for four months, went back home, did an internship, and then uh, came back and did my entire senior year through that same exchange program. Oh, so you came back again. Yes, I came back a second time. (laughs) And then I had to do one more internship back home before I could graduate because we were required to have two internships before we could graduate um, and then graduated. So it took me actually five and a half years because I tacked on (laughs) an extra internship. So did you get your degree... Is the university in the Netherlands? Yeah, so uh, university. Um, so internships. How did you get an internship? How is our internships different in the Netherlands? Uh, so most of our internships are paid. I think that's a big difference with uh, U.S. culture. Um, and we were required by our program to do an internship. To do two. To do two. Oh um, wow! One that's to start yeah. your junior year, and then one to finish your senior year. Um, and uh, the un- because the university has so many connections, because everybody needs this, there's a lot more opportunities. So you kind of go through the schools, but there's also people who search them on their own. So what did you do? Where did you intern at? What did you do as an intern? So I worked for a small little company that started in realty for agriculture. <laughs> and they had morphed themselves into building websites for agricultural products. Uh-huh. And so I was helping them with their website uh, stuff. So are you building them? Like yes. Doing yep. like development and stuff. Yep. All right. So was that the first one? That was the first one. And then what about the second one? The second one was very interesting. Um, and that came out of a passion from my study abroad here, um, uh, in, in Maryville. Um, but, uh, I worked for the Dutch government for that one and they had had a piece of software that they had made available to uh, different counties that tracked, uh, car accidents and it had a graphical interface showed how the accident happened and the idea was to improve intersections to improve other uh, things related to the road safety so that those accidents wouldn't happen nobody in the counties was using the software because it wasn't very user friendly <laughs> so my internship was to do, do a usability test on the software oh so you went through and tested it and then provided recommendations for them to, to the software fix it or, or fix yep. it oh wow that's cool yeah that was a fun one so did that so was that like that seems like a forerunner of like institutional research kind of like r- making dashboards right and like yes, data yeah. informs things yep yep and i still use those usability practices all the time <laughs> in, my, in my current job because i always uh, tell my staff and i hold myself to this as well if we build a report or something for somebody give them data and it takes them more than 30 seconds to figure out what the data is saying we didn't do a good it's job not good enough build. yeah oh, we didn't do a good enough job you know that the report doesn't make sense so we start over that's cool so how did you end up back in the U.S.? Because when you studied abroad, I, I assume it wasn't the goal wasn't to live and work in the U.S. after graduation. So how did how did yep. that happen? Um, so to uh, when I ended up back in the U.S., uh, I looked for some job opportunities in advertising in Kansas City because I was interested in that. Um, unfortunately, it's not very easy to get visas in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that endeavor of trying to find a job without sponsorship uh, was not successful. Um, but at the time, I'd made some good friends here, and I had uh, Dr. Cleo Zamutzi, who ran the Missouri Academy, reach out to me, um, and he mentioned uh, graduate assistantships and grad school. And so I came actually back and did my master's, uh, my MBA, um, and then in the meantime, also had a data analyst GA position with the Missouri Academy. Ah, gotcha. So he, had you not had you not considered grad school before he reached out to you? You no. were going to go right into yep. industry. Yes. It wasn't yep. even a thought, like really on your radar at hadn't, that time. I hadn't thought about it at all. All right. So you have an MBA. Yes. Did, w- was there an emphasis? Was it a just, general. A reg- just a general yep. MBA? So as a graduate assistant, um, I know we have a lot of international students 
who want to be graduate assistants or who are graduate assistants, how can they take advantage of a graduate assistant position to kind of leverage, you know, to get skills that are going to help them mm-hmm. in their in their full time job search? You know, the, the beauty of a graduate assistantship is that it's still an educational experience as well. And I think that's that's helpful because you, you're allowed to make mistakes. You're mm-hmm. allowed to uh, hand something in that is subpar, which normally in your regular job you don't get to do. Mm-hmm. The beauty is you get to do that for two years <laughs> at 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So by the time you graduate uh, with that graduate assistantship, you have gained so much knowledge and so many work experiences and interactions with other people. that by the time you go and into the, uh, go into the labor market, you're far more marketable. Gotcha. So was there anything else? Did you do anything in particular that stood out as a, a graduate assistant to you? Um, so um, the, at the time at the Missouri Academy, they had had a annual data report they put out. And Dr. Zimutsi had asked me to revamp that whole process and the data collection. Um, and they actually ended up using that same report and, and updating it each year with a new GA uh, that had started after me until they closed. So oh, uh, that was wow. kind of nice to see like years little later. little legacy product yes, there, right? We're still using it, yep. <laughs> All right, so graduate assistantship, going through school, you get your MBA, then where, where were you at at that point? You were like, all right, Egon's going to go back into the job market, right? Right, right. Uh, it's like, what am I going to do? And I kind of looked around. I also kind of had pushed it back a little bit. So being foreign, I had the OPT uh, visa, which is the uh, optional, optional practical uh Occupational practical training. Yes, yeah, that's it. See, (laughs) it's been years ago now. Um, And so that would allow me to do uh, one year of work in the U.S. and living in the U.S. Uh, And then, of course, the employer has the opportunity to sponsor you after that year if they want to. Um, So I had looked around, looked around, was still thinking advertising, but I'd also really enjoyed the data analytics piece with the Missouri Academy. And for some um, random fluke, I was at actually a banquet for the Missouri Academy, and one of the fellow staff people says, have you seen that there is a data analyst position open at the university? And I was like, well, that's perfect, because you know, that's what I that's do what now I've been doing, for right? one department, uh-huh. this would be for the whole institution. So I, that was on a Thursday. I applied on Friday, and on Monday I'd had, I got the job. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> When things happen, sometimes they happen quickly. Yes, yeah. yeah. And for those of you not in higher ed, that is not how quickly the process typically works. <laughs> That's not works. how life works. Yeah, it usually yeah. moves at a glacial pace, so that's <laughs> yes, a very yes. quick process. It is my understanding the position had been open for months. Oh, okay. Just, that I helps, had not then. looked. Yeah. So in making your resume or in, or in, so you didn't really do a whole lot of a job hunt, did you? Uh, no, no, the job hunt really happened. The job after, came to you. <laughs> the job came to me. The most hunting I did was with uh, after the undergraduate degree. Because um, at that time, I'd applied at 50 different uh, places, advertising agencies and everything in oh, Kansas wow. City. I had had about 17 um, interviews, a few follow-ups, but every time it ended after they found out that I needed sponsorship. Hmm. All right. I'll think about that. Thinking through that, thinking about the implications for that, are there any tips you could give other international students? We see that a lot. Um, students who want to know, you know, OPT, those things are kind of technical and you have to fill out paperwork and do specific things. Um, I would say take as many college jobs as you can get or GA positions. Those are the places where you can work mm-hmm. and where you can set yourself apart from everybody else because that's what they're looking for. When they're thinking about sponsorship, which is not very cheap, um, they're looking for somebody who can do the job, not for somebody to take a risk on. So they want to know beforehand if you can do it. Yeah, you don't want to be hired and then have to be let go, and then that's yes. a really expensive process. Yes. So, fledgling data analyst, 
in institutional research. That's what it was at the time, right? Yes, institutional correct. research. Uh, actually, it was the uh, Office of Assessment, Information, and Analysis. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you actually do in that data analyst position? Um, so at the time, I was mostly taking uh, data out of our student system and then analyzing it, writing reports. Uh, at that time, we mostly distributed those in PDF format. Um, did people so, request the reports? Yes, Is that yes. what they did? Yep. So you you ran reports. You didn't, did you ever like say, hey, I'd like to know X, Y, Z and run your own report or? We did that as well, request? yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, the work we do in, in institutional research and uh, the way the uh, semesters work at the university, uh, summer is really a great time for us to kind of catch up on larger projects. And that's normally when we do those research studies that we're interested in uh, ourselves, where in uh, the fall and spring, it's mostly requests from other units. Everybody else. Okay, I gotcha. How big was the department at that time? Uh, there was three of us at the time. One person related to assessment, um, myself as a data analyst, and our director. Okay. So very small staff. Yes. So how long... Um, obviously, so uh, you data analyst. So how did you get to assistant vice president? So you're in the same office, right? Yes. So how, what was your progression through the, the steps or the roles there? Uh, so from data analyst, I had the opportunity to, uh, uh, when we expanded staffing in the office, to apply for a senior data analyst position. That was a new position we were bringing in, and of course I was hoping I would get it. Uh, <laughs> and luckily I did, and so then we had to backfill my old position. At that time, we also went from three people in the office to uh, having four people in the office. Okay, so how senior data analyst different than not senior? Um, so uh, some of our reporting is to the state and federal government, and the senior data analyst is responsible for that. So instead of just doing internal reporting, you're also now responsible for accurate reporting to the state and federal government. Mm, okay. Did you do that? Another question back to OPT. So does working as a research, research analyst or data analyst, did that fulfill your OPT? So how do you transfer from OPT into like a full time, like after that ends? So, yeah. Um, so uh, the university uh, sponsored me. And at the time, the OPT requirements were different than they are now. They're far mm -hmm. more stringent now. So uh, working in higher education, you didn't have to go through the cap that they offer now. And so it was a fairly easy process. If you had not, you know, committed any crimes, you had a clean <laughs> record. If you were doing good work and the university was willing to sponsor you, uh, you were pretty much guaranteed to get that uh, work visa. Okay. So you got the work visa after you went through your one year of OPT? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. I gotcha. Was it a long, I'm assuming that's different for every country, but the uh, Netherlands, maybe not. Um, or is that the, or is that a, a it's all the same process. Federal government I think. process yeah, yeah, from yep, this yep. end. Okay. And, and the human resources department handled that. Worked so on I, that. I didn't okay. have to do much with it. They did a great job. Perfect. Okay. So now you're senior data analyst. Okay. Where do we go from there? We still got a few steps or at least one step, right? Yep. Yep. So um, uh, we had had some uh, change uh, around who we were reporting to and all that. And um, my boss had been the associate director of the department. We hadn't had a director in a while. Um, they created a new VP position for that. That lasted for a year. And when that change happened, my boss actually became the director of the department. And so her uh, her position, they were thinking about backfilling it. Mm -hmm. And so I got the interim assistant director role at that time. Um, and that lasted for a year. Then we went through another expansion, uh, changed some things around, and I went back to the senior data analyst role, actually. Um, and then I remained in that role until about probably three, four years ago now when I permanently got the assistant director role. 
Gotcha. So you kind of took a half step forward and then a half step back yep, and then yep. a, a little bit of yep. a little and extra responsibility. Yep. And it was just mostly names, changes in titles, not into duties as mm-hmm. much. It's just we went from reporting to a director to a VP, then back to a director. So the titles kind of had to change with that. But the duties kind of stayed the same. They did. Yes. Did yep. they? Did the uh, office expand other to other positions? To uh, other that things? came later on. So um, two years ago, uh, we were lucky um, uh, that we were uh, be, we were going to be able to add two additional positions to our department. We were going to um, uh, have an associate director of accreditation and assessment. And we were also going to have a report analyst. And so that's kind of where we're at now. We have six FTE in our department. So is that report analyst kind of the equivalent of that, like where you started out? Kind no, of? That's uh, a, no, no, no. The reporting okay. analyst is a newer function. So uh, technology has changed over mm-hmm. time. And so the, the software we use for writing reports, for writing dashboards, this person is specialized in that I software. I gotcha. So it's a very specific or very particular yes, position. Yeah. And it, it came, it's a position that came over from the IT department to our department. So previously that work had been done in IT and they realized with the you know, emergence of data analytics and the need for data analytics that uh, that position should move over. Okay. So then you were, you were assistant director? Um, so uh, two years ago I became the director because the director, right. okay. uh, she retired. Okay. And so um, I was the interim director, I should say, for uh, six uh, weeks while we went through a national search for the position. I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to get it. And so I became director. I did the director role for two years, um, and then uh, as of July 1st, um, uh, my boss, my VP of strategy and operations at the time, uh, left the university, um, and there was a restructure, and in that restructure, I took over the strategy piece for the university. So besides the data analytics, we are now also helping the process related to strategy for the university. How are those, that seems, it seems like a logical choice, right? They seem to be related a little bit. Yes. The analytics kind of inform the strategy, yes. right? So how do you, how do you define what the office did when you started? It's kind of morphed, right? It, it has really morphed, yes. And if you look back um, to what we used to do was mostly that reporting to state, federal, reporting to departments. And now we are far more proactive uh, mm-hmm. We provide far more services uh, to the university. Um, we help uh, we help and our advocates at the state level as well to help the higher, in- higher ed industry as a whole when it comes to data analytics. And then we've taken on that strategy piece. Okay, very cool. Um, any last, do you have any last questions, Travis? Well, I just, uh, I would think that in your position, you mentioned technology changing over time. I would think you always have to be looking out for what's next, kind of staying on that cutting edge. Is that, how do, how do you do that? I'm just yeah. cu- personally curious how you uh, stay so, on that edge. Um, the, there's an association of institutional researchers called okay. AIR. Um, and they have, uh, yep. <laughs> they have the best acronym. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and uh, following them, they do a survey every year of what IR offices look like, where do they report to, uh, what kind of work are they doing? What's their staffing? And so we try to kind of like follow the industry standard with that. So that's a good starting point. They also offer a regional conference every year. Okay. And so all of our staff goes to that regional conference every year. Most of the time it's in Kansas City, which is very, very lucky because that's a very cheap professional development opportunity that we do have available to ourselves. Nice. And then I would just say, you know, institutional research in higher ed is very equivalent to data analytics and in any other industry. So we look at other industries, what's, what's healthcare doing with data? And so we try to read up on that as well. Excellent. Hmm. Any last words of encouragement to a student, to a new grad, to an international student who might be either of those? 
Any tips on job finding, hunting, being successful? Network. Yep. Just talk to people. Be, be social. That, that's, you know, you're going to make connections and you never know when a connection is going to work out for you. But always be respectful to people, connect with them, ask them how their day's going, be open. Is there a, is there a best practice that maybe an international student could use to network? If you don't know anything about the country that you're in or where, where would I start? Just make friends. And, and follow them around and see what they're, what, you know, <laughs> what, what they are doing. Um, and, you know, I really were, a, I was able to be lucky um, at Northwest because I was a very social person. And so th- that's the thing. You got to be out there and you got to learn from others. Don't that's be afraid. That's good advice for all yeah. students, not yeah. just international students, <laughs> yes. especially yeah. international students. Yeah. Well, you're going to feel isolated, especially when you come over from a foreign country. Um, everything's different. So you don't want to be in that situation long. So make friends, uh, you know, whether it's your roommate, whether it's people in your classes, whether it's uh, joining a student organization, you got to do something, put yourself out there so that you can make those connections. Okay, last question, I promise. <laughs> What's the best part of your job? The best part of my job? Actually, uh, the best part of my job is really just coming into work every day. I have an amazing team and they do amazing work and we all get along really, really well. So just being in the office is great. Awesome, thank you. We thank like you. working with your team, too. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for all that you do. We appreciate it. All right, so that is another edition of Behind the Bearcat, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>